Thank you for tuning in to the sermon podcast from Redeeming Hope. We exist as a family of faith that follows Jesus and helps others find him by living all of life as missionaries of hope. If you want more information about our church or would like to support our ministry, go to our website at redeeminghope.org. Please enjoy the sermon podcast. We're continuing in the second part of our sermon series on the Holy Spirit called Present. And we are looking at the Holy Spirit's transforming presence within the life of the follower of Jesus and how that presence actually causes real change and can cause real change in your life if you were to choose to follow Jesus. And today we're specifically looking at how the presence of the Holy Spirit communicates our adoption into God's family and how that actually connects with God's glory and us joining in our purpose that we were created for. So as we begin, uh, because of this series, um, we, we want to talk about the def- definition of the Holy Spirit like we do every week. So this is our definition of the Holy Spirit that we're working off of. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, God's indwelling and empowering presence within in his believers and his external presence throughout the world. The Holy Spirit sustains and accomplishes what God the Father wills and Jesus inaugurates. Now, my friends, um, some of you might know this, some of you might not, but I was adopted when I was three days old by my mom and dad. And it was, a, of course, a significant change in the trajectory of my life and my history and where I'm going, right? So I have since found out that I was heading to a very different place than planting a church following Jesus here in Clarksville, Tennessee. I was actually heading more than likely to a trailer park in South Carolina. But my friends, because I was adopted, because my mom and dad adopted me and expended great money and expense and time and emotional energy to adopt me, I was given a new life. I had incredible opportunities given to me that still mark me to this day. But actually, more importantly than opportunities, more importantly than just that life, I have a different relationship. I have a mom and a dad that love me. More important than the opportunities or the things I got from them, I got a chance to have an amazing mom and dad. I am their son. They are my parents, and they're going to forever be my parents. I'm going to be forever marked by having my mom as my mom and my dad as my dad. And here's the deal. This connects with what we're talking about today, because if we simply view our relationship to God as like a judge that declares us innocent because of someone else, namely Jesus, taking the punishment for us, that is still great news. We are innocent. We are declared innocent by God himself. He says, I'm, I, 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 I have, I have, covered over all of the brokenness that's in the world, right? But really what that does, if that's the only kind of prevailing metaphor that we have about our relationship to God, then it's really kind of cold and calculated relationship to a judge. But my friends, God has so much better metaphors for us. And, and one of those metaphors is a judge, but also he not only communicates that our brokenness and guilt can be resolved by the work of Jesus on our behalf, but he also communicates that he wants to be our father. He wants to be our dad. And he wants us to be his children. This is intimate relationship. This is intimate closeness. And we actually find that the work that Jesus did to secure us back to a loving father, that he actually communicates to us, not only are are we back with, with our loving father, but we are adopted into his family. And the truth of that adoption is brought right into our hearts by the Holy Spirit's presence within us. So our main point for this sermon today is this. 
that God has looked down through time and determined that his love for you was strong enough that he is willing to die to adopt you into his family. The Holy Spirit mediates the adoptive love of our Father, earned by Jesus, right into our hearts. Just three points for today. The first is the Holy Spirit communicates our adoption. Second, from adoption into inheritance and glorious purpose. And then finally, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of future glory. First, we look at the Holy Spirit communicates our adoption. Look with me at Romans 8, starting at verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Romans 8 verses 12 to 16. My friends, first off, we looked at how the Spirit brings life and peace. This is a callback to last week, where we looked at how the presence of the Spirit truly does bring life and peace from Romans 8, verse 6, just a few verses prior to this. And, and what we looked at and kind of deep dove into was this passage in verse 6 that says, set, to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And now when we have life, we have access to that life and peace, it brings us into a new reality, a changed life as an adopted child. He talks about putting to death the deeds of the body, not living according to the flesh. My friends, when we choose to follow Jesus, we live differently, not according to our natural fleshly inclinations, but we actually live according to the direction of the Holy Spirit. And he does a contrast between a spirit of slavery and a spirit of adoption, between following the, the flesh or following the spirit. And when he's talking about the flesh, he talks about the spirit of slavery. And that's a spirit of slavery to our basest impulses. And really what that gets to in contrast to being adopted is fighting like an orphan. My friends, apart from God's grace, when we're naturally born, we are spiritual orphans. We are disconnected from God. As we read the pages of, of this, this text, we see that we, we are spiritually separated from God the moment that we're born because of the brokenness that presides within us and around us in the world. And we are spiritual orphans. Now, when you think about an orphan, what is an orphan? What's the definition of an orphan? The definition of an orphan is that they don't have parents, right? They have to fight and scrap for everything they get. They have no family looking out for them, caring for them. That's literally what it means to be an orphan. They're alone and they are forever marked by that orphanage. That never leaves them. It's a permanent mark on your life when you're an orphan, when you don't have parents. And my friends, when we get to a spiritual orphanage, there is a slavery that comes with having to fight and scrap for everything we need. I need to, if you're an orphan, you have to fight and scrap for identity. You have to fight and scrap for provision. Spiritual orphans tell us that there's, there's no one here providing for me, so I need to get myself what I feel like I need. I've got to do it all on my own. That's what it means to be a spiritual orphan. I've got to provide for my spiritual, emotional identity needs by turning to work 
by turning to a relationship, by turning even to my children to provide my needs that I think I have. But my friends, this is the the hope and the invitation of God himself is that followers of Jesus have received a new spirit, not a spirit of slavery to the flesh, to, to respond to our basis impulses because we, we don't have anyone providing for us. But, the, but when you choose to follow Jesus, you have a new spirit, a spirit of adoption. And the spirit of adoption brings us into a freedom to live how we were originally created to be, living in light of a new family. My friends, when you choose to follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes inside of your heart, he comes and resides inside of you, you are not alone. We have a new family fighting for us and providing for us at every point of our life. First, we have a new loving Father God. He is merciful and gracious and powerful to protect and preserve us. We have a perfect older brother. That's Jesus, right? He has done all the work to bring us to the table. He's done all the work to allow us to be adopted into the family. And then we also have an indwelling Holy Spirit, who is indwelling us. He's bringing the security. He's bringing the freedom of sonship and daughtership pipeline straight into our hearts. My friends, we have a changed relationship with God when we choose to follow Jesus. He's not simply a judge that declares us innocent. He is a father that declares us as his sons and daughters. He's Abba. That word Abba, Father, when it goes up here and it says, whom we cry, Abba, Father. That word Abba is intimate. It means daddy or dad. It's the cry of a child to their dad. And the Holy Spirit's presence is bearing witness. He's he's helping us understand this new relationship that we have to God. And as children of God, as sons and daughters, we actually have the rights of sonship. We have a new inheritance, which is what we're going to talk about in the next point. We actually have the authority of our father right? We actually can walk in authority. We can walk in a new power that, that presides within us to change ourselves and actually to affect change in the world around us. We have a new security where our identity is not rooted in, in like an orphan in what we can provide and scrap for for ourselves, just stitched together by what everybody else says about us. But our identity is actually rooted and secure in what God the Father has already spoken over us, that we are sons and daughters. We are his and we get an inheritance as a result of being his. And that's actually what brings us to our second point. It's it's from adoption into inheritance and glorious purpose. The very next verse in Romans 8, verse 17 says these words, and if children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now, I was thinking about this. What is the inheritance? We are heirs, right? So what does that mean? You know, you get an heir, which essentially means that you have an inheritance coming to you when your parents die. Well, here's the beauty of it is that we can get the inheritance without God having to die. God already died for us in the person of Jesus, and he secured for us a future inheritance. But the question is, what is this inheritance? What does he mean when he says that we are heirs and co-heirs with Christ? Well, my friends, that actually means a lot of things. That means that we can, we can have eternal life. That means that like Jesus, we will one day be resurrected from the dead. This means that we will have an eternal destiny with God. But actually, there, it connects with this idea of glory. What this means is that we can actually share in the beauty of God's perfections. That's what 
glory is, is the beauty of God's perfections. Let me try to explain this here for a minute, that when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, he created us to reflect back to God all of his perfection. So God is perfectly loving, perfectly gracious, perfectly just, perfectly right, perfectly orderly, right? And so God created Adam and Eve in the garden the first two humans, he placed them in perfection and he actually created them in his image, in his likeness, to be like him. That means that we were meant to, as God is perfectly loving, we were meant to reflect that love both to one another and back to God. As God is perfectly joyous, we were created to receive his joy and reflect it to one another and back to God. As God is perfectly peaceful, shalom, universal peace and flourishing and thriving. God is universally connected within himself, Father, Son, and Spirit, all connected together, thriving in peace, shalom, and flourishing and thriving. God created Adam and Eve to be a recipient of his glory. That's what it means, his glory, the beauty of his perfections, the beauty of his peace. Adam and Eve were meant to receive that shalom, and then they were meant to reflect that to one another and to the, to the creation and then back to God. Does that make sense? That's what it means is we were made for God's glory. We were made to experience receiving and responding to the beauty of his perfections. That's what we were created for. But unfortunately, that's not the end of the story. There was a fall, a crashing, and a breaking happened. And the fall of Adam and Eve, their rejection of God, it actually wrecked our ability to reflect God's perfections and participate in his glory. It actually marred us. We're still able to do it, but in a very broken way. And what we see is that Jesus is actually restoring us again. Jesus is pulling us back from our rebellion against God, back home, back into the family to both receive God's glory, the beauty of his perfections, and then reflect those back. And there's actually this beautiful passage in the Old Testament that is a prophecy about what God's going to do in the New Testament. And it's in the Old Testament, God's people are scattered. They were scattered in judgment. But then God says these words in Isaiah 43, verse 6. Look with me here. I will say to the north, this is God speaking, give up. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, who I formed and made. He's saying, I'm going to cry out to the world. And I'm going to say, bring to the north and to the south, bring back my sons and daughters because I created them for my glory. We were being brought back. It's a prophecy. We're going to be brought back to God again as sons and daughters, but as sons and daughters that will reflect God's glory back both to him and to others to experience it, to receive his glory, and then respond and reproduce his glory in the world around us. So that's what is actually happening when you choose to follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes into your heart. He is a spirit of adoption where you see God as your dad now, right? And you see yourself as his son or daughter. But then at being a part of God's family, seeing God as your dad, then also means that you're receiving his love, the beauty of his perfections, like his love and joy and peace. That's why it's the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Like all of those things are elements of God's glory that we receive 
and then respond to by, by God being our dad. But that's not what we're talking about here as it relates to a future inheritance. That's what we currently get. But then in the future, one day, we will fully t- participate. One day, we will fully reflect the beauty of God's perfections again in the way that we were originally designed to. In a moment, either at the end of your life or at the end of time, if you are a follower of Jesus, the Bible says that you will be made perfect like Adam and Eve would have been if the fall had not have happened. So whether at the end of your life or at the end of time, you will, if you're a follower of Jesus, you will fully reflect God's perfections back to him. You will reflect that perfect love and peace and joy back like Adam and Eve were created to. And then not only that, but you will fully enjoy or be the recipient of God's perfections for all of eternity. Like you will bask in God's beauty. This is what it means. This is more than just, we're going to go sit on a cloud somewhere and strum a harp, right? This is actually having a vibrant, intimate, giving and taking relationship with the God of the universe who created everything, who is infinitely beautiful. And that's what eternity is, an experience the beauty of God for all of eternity and then reflecting it back to him and reflecting it back to others, to our friends who will join us there in eternity with him. As he was trying to describe this, Jonathan Edwards, Jonathan Edwards um, said these works. He said, the fountain that supplies the joy and delight which the soul has in seeing God. When he refers to seeing God, he means either by death or at the end of time. The fountain that supplies the joy and delight, which the soul has in seeing God, is infinite. The understanding may extend itself as far as it will. It doth but take its flight into an endless expanse and dive into a bottomless ocean. It may discover more and more of the beauty and loveliness of God, but it will never exhaust the fountain. God's goodness is like an infinite fountain that you, John in other words, is describing. You can go up to the high, as high as the heavens, to the depths of the ocean, and you'll never be able to plunge the depths or find the heights of how beautiful and lovely God is. And he's describing this as an eternal experience that we have. Look with me as he continues. How blessed, therefore, are they that do see God, who are coming to this exhaustless fountain, after they have had the pleasure of beholding the face of God millions of ages, it will not grow a dull story. The relish of this delight will be as exquisite as ever. That's what it looks like, my friends. The joy is not just that we get to go to a place called heaven where we just get to hang out and relax. Truest heaven is when we are fully experiencing the truest beauties of God. We're delighting, finding our delight, finding our contentment in him for all of eternity. And then as we do that, we will walk in our truest purpose, which is to reflect those things back to God and others. So do you see how the inheritance that God will one day give us, either at the end of our life or at the end of time, is also the purpose that we were originally created for? And my friends, this is all done because we are children of God. We are part of his family, enjoying dad and dad enjoying and delighting in us. Just let me read this passage in Galatians 4 as we consider and ponder these things. Galatians 4, starting in verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, 
God has sent the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave to the flesh, but you are a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Do you see the connection here? You see the connection between sonship, between being an heir, having a future inheritance preserved for you. And do you see how the Holy Spirit's involved in all of that, communicating, allowing our hearts to cry, Abba, Father, coming into our lives to communicate to us a new way of living where God is our Father, we have a future inheritance, and it's an inheritance that is God himself. We get the beauty of God, and we reflect that beauty outward. And my friends, uh, our last point is this, is that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our future glory. Romans 8, 23 to 26 says, says these words. It says, And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. My friends, he's talking about we have the first fruits of the Spirit. We have a promise of a future where we will fully inherit all of the life, all of the joy, all of the perfections of God poured into our life and then able to reflect that back. Everything that Jesus earned for us on the cross will one day come to us. But now we have like a first fruit. It's like a down payment. That's really what he means by this. It's like a down payment on a house. When we bought the house that I'm currently preaching in right now, we put a down payment down. We paid for it. We put money towards it. We're beginning to own it, right? And as we pay our mortgage every month, we own more and more of it. But I look forward to the day when I don't have to pay that mortgage payment anymore, where it's going to be fully in my name, where I'm waiting for the day when I fully own it. And my friends, the Holy Spirit is like that deposit. He's like that down payment. He is a guarantee. He is both the spirit of adoption, crying into our hearts, Abba, Father, right? But he's also a spirit of promise that we will one day get the inheritance that Jesus earned for us on the cross. We will one day get the full perfections of God, beauties of God lavished on us for all of eternity. We will one day be able to fully and perfectly reflect it like God created us to be for his purpose, for his glory. We, and as we wait for this inheritance, as the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of a future inheritance, we are God's and God is ours. The full expression of what that means is yet to come. That's why we're eagerly awaiting for our adoption as sons. So the Bible has said, said we are adopted, we are being adopted, and one day we will be fully adopted. We're, we're waiting for it. It's a process. It's something that has happened, that is happening, and that will happen. The inheritance is coming, and my friends, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee. Now, if you're joining us, and you are not yet a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're wrestling with what this means. Maybe it's been a while since you've been in a church context and you're trying to think through these things. I want you to know this, that God has looked at you from eternity past. He has seen your whole life spread out before him from the day you were born to the day you die. He has seen every sin that you have ever committed, every brokenness that you would participate in, every hurt that you would hurt other people with. God has also seen every abuse that you have suffered, every false accusation that has been levied against you. He has seen every suffering that you would have experienced because of someone else's sin. And he's looked at you and said, I want you. 
and I'm going to cross oceans of time. I am going to come into the world and I'm going to die because I want you as my son or daughter. I want you in my family and I'm going to die to get you in there. And God created a plan to rescue you, to call you back from the rebellion that Adam and Eve started and we continue in. And he has made a place for you at his table. And the way to get there is through believing in Jesus. It's just that simple. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Galatians 3.26. You have a choice. You can be an orphan, live life like an orphan. Or you can live life like a son. You can be a son. You can be a daughter. How do you do it? You are all sons of God through faith. That means you hear this message that Jesus has earned the right for you to be brought back into the family, that God himself loves you. The father loved you and crafted this plan and perfect, and perfect communication with the son and with the spirit. All three of them formed this plan for you. All three of them looked from eternity past to you and said, we want you in the family. And then Jesus stepped into, out of eternity into human history He took the punishment that we deserve, but he also paved the pathway to come back to dad again. And now the Holy Spirit can come into your heart and cry, Abba, Father. Help you cry, Abba, Father. He can communicate the spirit of adoption. He can communicate the spirit of promise that says, I'm gonna give you a down payment of what heaven's gonna look like. I'm gonna let you live out of the fruit of this love and joy and peace and change you in the here and now and give you a hope and a promise for the future. You hear this. You need to believe that it's true for you, that you actually need this, that you are in need for Jesus and his work for you. You need your father. You want to go back to your father and you need the Holy Spirit to help you with it all. Believe that it's true for you and then obey by making Jesus Lord over your life, planting a flag in the ground and saying, yes, I am going to walk towards Jesus. I'm going to follow the life and teachings of Jesus. My life is going to be marked differently as a result of this. And I'm going to follow after dad. I'm going to be more like my older brother, Jesus. And I'm going to all do it through the power of the Holy Spirit that resides inside of me. It's your choice. You can be adopted into your glory. You can be adopted into the true purpose in which you were created for. Now, if you are tuning in today and you are a follower of Jesus. My friends, objectively, you are adopted and that does not change. Whether you like it or not, you are adopted. But my friends, you can live like an orphan or you can live like a son or daughter. You have a choice here. You can live out of your true purpose. You can reflect the beauty and the perfection of God as his adopted son or daughter on this earth. Or you can live like an orphan that needs to fight and scrap and turn to your job Turn to your marriage. Turn to a relationship with a boy or a girl. Turn to your children to give you identity, to give you worth and value. Or you can turn to God that has already spoken your value over you and has already said you're an adopted son or daughter no matter what you do. And you can have confidence and security as a son or daughter. You can live like an orphan. So the question is, how do we live more like sons and daughters of God? Well, I just have three maybe pieces of advice for us. One, spend time with dad. Abide. John 15, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself so you can do nothing apart from me, right? So spending time with your dad, with your father, that's, that can be reading the scriptures, that can be prayer, that can be silence, solitude, meditation, corporate worship, going to group, spending time with dad because my friends, we are so forgetful 
For whatever reason, our hearts are drawn back into a spirit of fear and into a spirit of slavery by following the basest impulses of our flesh, like we talked about in Romans 8. It seems like it's almost like we're trying to fight against being sons or daughters. Like our natural inclination is pulled away from that. We don't drift into adoption. We drift into slavery. And so spending time with dad, talking with him, communicating with him, listening to him, communicating with your father, man, that's going to help you abide with Jesus, abide with your father, abide with the Holy Spirit, spend time with God, abide with him. Second, submit under dad's authority, obey. See, a lot of times we want to rebel, just like children rebel against their parents. We want to rebel against our father. And sometimes we reject our purpose of reflecting God's character. We're designed to reflect God's perfections, God's character. But we want to reject our purpose. Why? Because we don't want to come under authority. We don't want to come under God's authority. We don't want to come under the authority of who God has placed in our life. This is why being a part of a local church is so important. Because you should have godly elders, men who are submitted under God's authority, that are following him, that are caring for you. And we find, actually, there's a lot of people that really struggle with this, coming under God's authority and coming under the authority of who God's placed in your life. But I want you to know that that's not meant to be a burdensome thing. That's not, not meant to take advantage of you. That's meant to love you. That's meant to protect you. Just like coming under a loving father is a joy to a child. It might not always be a joy in the moment, but it is a joy objectively to that child to come under the protection of a dad that's going to protect you, that's going to provide for you, that's going to love you. And your spiritual leaders on this earth should reflect a faint way of what God is doing. That's why there's qualifications for elders, qualifications for pastors. That's why there's accountability that's placed to, to protect and preserve those who are operating under God's authority to care for the flock. So come under, submit under God's authority. Obey. Obey your father. Come under his authority for your life and come under the authority of those he's placed in your life. Finally, join dad on his mission. Go. As you're going, make disciples. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 28. And sometimes we forget why we were created, that actually we can invite others into the family, right? Remember we were talking about the Isaiah passage where those who are scattered are coming back. I'm calling my sons and daughters uh, whom I created for my glory. Like, like we are the heralds, the messengers of God to our friends, neighbors, coworkers, and family. And so like, like as you're going, like join dad on his mission, do the things God wants you to join him as he is changing the world. And so he's given you people, he's given you places, he's given you opportunities in your life to boldly proclaim that you are a son or daughter of God and invite people to come into the family with you. So join dad on his mission, go. As we end, I want to read this passage over us in 1 John 3. I just think it's a beautiful way to end talking about adoption. See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is because it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, when Jesus appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. My friends, God has favorite children. 
you are God's favorite children. Somehow, some way, in the sovereignty of God, he sees you as his favorite and me as his favorite and everybody around us as his favorite. He loves you. He likes you. And he has looked down through the annals of history. He has seen every part of your life. And he says, I'm willing to die to bring you back into my family. You are adopted if you are a follower of Jesus. And I want to encourage you to walk in that spirit of adoption. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. We gather every Sunday at the Clarksville area YMCA. For more information, please go to our website at redeeminghope.org.